welcome to the Armchair Strategist, where we meet around the coffee maker every morning and turn anything and everything into a business conversation. Here are the Armchair Strategists, Dr. Kent and Randy. It's another day, Kent. Is this another episode of, of Where's Wally or Where's Randy? Where's Wally? Where's Wally? Is that like Where's the knockoff Waldo? version of Where's Waldo? There's Waldo. The- it's a strange version of Where's Waldo. <laughs> nice. Let me give you a hint. Really nice uh, glass bottles. Right. Well, close. So I'm in, I'm in California, and it's the one place in California where every time I've come and I've checked into a hotel, I get given a bottle of wine. Well, the other day, the other day they gave you water in, in Sedona. Now they're giving you wine. This is where are you staying? I got. I'm in Napa. Places. I'm in Napa Valley, California. That's awesome. And what does it look like? What's the state of the the world over there? Um, well, right now the sky is blue, and the leaves are green, and it looks really nice. Coronavirus is. Uh, they're, they're being particularly careful. So, you know, it's the face masks and social distancing and. Yeah. It is California, so we'll do what needs to be done here. But they're encouraging you to drink some wine. Is that for um, antibiotic purposes? I'm thinking either that or maybe, you know, so I am kind of a wine stop. So I, I got this, I went and checked out the price. Like, this, is a, this is about a $16, $17 retail value bottle of wine, which is kind of nice. But yeah, just for booking a room. That's nice. Yeah, so it's, like, it's almost it's almost like a discount. It's well, it is almost like a discount except there's no wine glasses in the in the room and no no corkscrew, no bottle. Do, do they have they have those plastic cups? So yeah. drinking drinking yeah, drinking paper. a seventeen dollar bottle of wine out of yeah. a seventeen cent plastic cup, right? Yeah, something like that. So, so I thought today would be a good day to talk about wine. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I um. I like some wine. I really don't like a lot of wine. I was telling you the other day, the funniest thing for me is in wine tastings, it's the goofiest tradition to just spit in a bucket. Like how often in polite society are you allowed to swash, you know, swish something in your mouth and just spit it into a bucket, a nasty bucket? Yeah, it's, I tend to just swallow it. So, you know. <laughs> Do you? Just, by the end of a wine taste, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling a whole lot of pain. <laughs> nice. That's good. So, I, so I, wine is interesting. Let me back back in Australia where I grew up. People, you know, you start to learn to drink wines. Most people don't like the taste of it, and I can't remember the the brand, but we had wine came in a box, and we called it Five Buck Chuck. Could cost you about five bucks a box, <laughs> <laughs> and if you drank it. You, You'd throw up all night. Oh, so five buck chuck, yeah. Five buck chuck, nice. It was pretty horrible stuff. So it's, I had, I remember friends in college who would walk around with cheap, like a cheap gallon of wine over their shoulder. Yeah, and that was it. Just it created all kinds of disgusting mess. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so so wine can lead to mess. You got the spit bucket. You got five buck chuck. You got a gallon jug of junky wine. Yeah. Kind of interesting, but that's reminds, not generally what we hear about, right? Well, it just reminds me a lot about marketing. It's like if you see the same commercial over and over and over again, it's like 
drinking five buck chuck. You the first time you, you the first glass you have, it's it's okay, you know. Then you have the next one, the next one, then you start not feeling anything, and these commercials are still being sent to you. Um, and finally you get totally sick of them. So marketing is closely related to wine in the sense that if it's overdone, it has the opposite effect to the original intent. It sort of dulls you out. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And so it's what, really then what's the, what's the story about fine wine? You know, fine wine is kind of like those really arty BMW commercials that we used to see back maybe five, ten years ago. They're really artistic. And BMW, the driving driver's machine, they didn't overdo it. They, they kept it classy. They kept it like a $300 bottle of wine where you're not going to drink it until you throw up because you've just paid 300 bucks for it. Interesting. Um, well, that reminds me of, isn't there like a study where they did, like people all think they're sommelier, sommeliers. Uh-huh. How do you say yeah. it? Anyway, what's the Some, plural of sommelier? Yeah. Uh, sommelier. Two of them. <laughs> Two of them. Two of them. <laughs> um, uh, it's like it's like maybe it's like elk and um and things like that where you just can't anyway so everyone thinks there is sommelier but actually there was that test that 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 gave them the five buck chuck and gave them the 500 bottled bottle of wine and they couldn't tell the difference type thing so mm-hmm. i think that the fascinating thing is does it really matter in some ways and is it the quantity? Is it the packaging? So, so is it, it and, and, you know, Trader Joe's made a killing or what was it, maybe 15 years ago or something when all of a sudden they started rolling out their own versions of wine. I think it was from Napa actually, right? And they, and people were like, wow, this is really great wine. And it didn't have to come from Italy or France or wherever yeah. else. So it's kind of like, it's the law of diminishing returns. So, you know, here's a seventeen dollar bottle of wine. Now, I will probably not go into a supermarket and pay seventeen bucks for a bottle of wine. And uh, full disclosure, we are not sponsored by Villa Andretti. Villa <laughs> Andretti. Yeah. But if Villa Andretti wants to send us a royalty check, we'd be happy to receive it. We'd be happy to receive it. <laughs> yeah. So, I would normally not walk into a into Safeway and buy a seventeen dollar bottle of Cabernet because. To my taste, that's probably going to be barely drinkable. Hmm. So I have this thing that I'm thinking thirty to fifty dollars is a normal price for a bottle of drinkable wine. And I can certainly tell the difference between a seventeen dollar bottle and a fifty dollar bottle. I can tell the difference between a fifty dollar bottle and a three hundred dollar bottle. Okay. But can I tell the difference between a three hundred dollar bottle and a three thousand dollar bottle? And the answer to that question is definitely probably not another question how about the difference between a one dollar bottle and a 17 dollar bottle yeah i'm, I'm gonna say yeah you can <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a one dollar bottle you can probably taste the dirt on the feet of the people who stomp the grapes no actually what they do is they take that bucket full of spit out wine and they it's awful. It's, it's terrible. So, uh, so, but I mean, with wine, you 
the more you pay, I'm sure it's very good, but there is a diminishing diminishment of the value. Interesting. You can pay 10 times more, and is it 10 times good? Probably not. So I find that very interesting. And how, that, how does that work with business? Well, in the expert industries where we spend our lives, it's very clear. It's you, You've packaged what is inside the bottle in a very nice way, and all of the expert's knowledge and intellect and experience and intuitiveness, lots of... Lots of things go into the product that's been packaged so nicely and you can pay a, a good price for it and get the value for it. But do you get 10 times the value by paying 10 times as much? And so now I'm thinking about these super guru motivational speakers, the Tony Robbins of the world where you go and you spend a, do a three-day conference and you get all jazzed up and excited and everything's wonderful and you feel like you can take on the world and you go home and three days later you're saying, what do I do? Mm. That's kind of like your really expensive bottle of wine. You're really, you've, you've invested in it, you've opened it up, you've tasted it, you may have drank your, the whole bottle, but now what? Well, it's, and it's almost like the, um, I, I like to think about buyer's remorse in the current market. And so if mm. you, you buy the $500 bottle of wine, you drink it, and then the next day you think, why did I buy the $500 bottle? Um, yeah. When I could have bought the $50 bottle and had 450, I could have done that nine more times. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Now, obviously, it's there's also a connection between that and disposable income. What can you afford? And there's a, a great deal of uh, wine snobbery where you know, people like to buy expensive wines because it's what rich people do. Right. Um, and does that, that happens with cars. That happens with designer clothing. If it wasn't for that type of thinking, a lot of your influences on social media wouldn't be influences anymore. So what does a, what does a $500 bottle of wine get you? Or a $5,000 bottle? That's what's in so find that interesting so it gets in you a slight collectors it gets you a slightly less hangover the next day <laughs> yes but it also gets you like if you have a collection of five thousand dollar bottles in your basement it's like collecting you know comics or cars or anything else it's like there's the prestige attached to a rare bottle and all that stuff too right it's not all about taste yeah because a lot of those wines are clearly not drinkable uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they taste like vinegar somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Just don't open it. Don't drink it. Just keep it on the shelf. Look at it. So, you know, there's times when I've thought it would be nice to have a, a really nice collection of wines, but why? If you do, <laughs> <laughs> why would you buy something and not enjoy it? It's, well, like, it's, like, like, it's like buying like, a Ferrari and never driving. Yeah, or buying, um, you know, some of those toys, like, a G, I don't know, G.I. Joe or something, that really retro stuff, and there's only two yeah. of them ever made, and you, you put it on the it shelf and look at it, because you don't take it How can you not take it If I was super rich, you buy the million-dollar toy, <laughs> crack it open, break the seal, turn it from a million-dollar toy <laughs> to, like, a $10 toy, but you get the joy of playing with it, right? Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I guess, you know, 
things like art that just sits on the wall. You're like, go pull out your crayons and, and colour it in. So, <laughs> maybe some, you some, should buy a terrible piece of art and fix it. <laughs> Draw a mustache on it because you can. Yeah. So, I, I remember way back um, when I was living in Australia, we the company had we we took the entire senior executive team to the Australian Grand Prix, which was nice. It was a great weekend. We rented out these houses and some of the guys got a bit wild and they actually did that. They got it. They got the pens and, and drew um, drew moustaches and eyeglasses on the artwork in the house. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we got an enormous bill for the, the damage done to the artwork. That's and horrible. We appreciated it. <laughs> no one else appreciated that it was actually it was meta. It was yeah. it was like yeah. Everyone we thought they, we thought he'd improved it, but you know, apparently the owners did not. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So and and with wine wine bottles. So so I'm 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 a big fan of what's funny is if you're not. This is another interesting point about business. If you're not a wine connoisseur, a sweet wine might taste as good. As a three hundred dollar bottle of wine, if you if you don't know what you're tasting, I yes. kind of like. I, to be honest, I like grape juice. I'd be like, oh, "Give me some grape juice. I don't need three hundred dollar bottle of wine. I'm good," because I'm not. I don't feel the. I don't know. There's a I mean, because I don't. I if I hear the the Prague Symphony play something, or I hear the 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 London or Berlin Philharmonic play something, or the whatever, I hear the difference, mm-hmm. and I prefer the one over the other. So I, I, I can differentiate but with wine. I, I, I'm good with the grape juice yeah, or the young the, wine or whatever. Right. Right. But, but wines have the same thing. That's, that's the different notes in the wine that makes them interesting. So, you know, some maybe have more tannin at the front or more blackberry or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. So it's the fine details. Oh, that's, this is cool. Yeah. So in business you've got, so if you're if you're a five hundred dollar month service or you you charge a couple hundred bucks for a call or or fifty bucks for a call, and you want to up level, and you see everybody around you that's offering exactly the same thing, look again, and I think that's what's interesting, right? It's the same freaking wine, it's the same bottle, but how about the design? How about the experience? Where is it? What's the surrounding? How about? How does it? How does the bottle taste? On the you know, what are the notes of the stuff? How, how old is it? All the different things. How is it marketed? And all of a sudden, you see the difference between yeah. pricing. So if you're charging five hundred bucks, why not charge five thousand? But you got to think about what what makes that difference. And that, that's that's absolutely true because the, you could be charging five hundred bucks for your services and increase your price ten times. Because for five hundred bucks, what value are, are you actually providing? Right. It's questionable how much value can come when you're charging five hundred bucks. Right. When you're charging five thousand, the expectation is that you know I'm going to give you five grand. I expect some decent value out of that. And so, if right. you're providing that sort of value, why not charge that sort of price? Yeah. And over time, it's been funny the perception around things is so strong so like if you're if you're um it's just the funniest thing that if you charge five thousand bucks it's what you're saying earlier it's worth five thousand bucks if you're charging 500 it's worth 500 so our perception 
it's almost like we're being externally priced by someone, <laughs> even though we're coming up with the price ourselves. It's like, well, no, you know, I could say I'm worth a certain amount per hour and I could calculate the number of hours in the month. And then I'm thinking in an hourly basis, or I could say, I think I'm worth about this much per month because that client can earn this much on the back. Right. It's a different so, valuation, right? Right. And it's, you know, some people call, so, so you think about a hurricane comes through, there's a water shortage, bottled water, well, COVID and toilet paper. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, people couldn't get their TP. Some people took advantage of that, bought a whole lot and tried to sell it at a higher price. Others, because of others built a wall paper. around their house of toilet paper just because they could. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we call that gouging. But when you start off with a product that is of a, a great, very high perceived value and a product that changes lives, then you can charge whatever you want for it because there's going to be people out there that are happy to to get that change in their life. So just like people are happy to drink too much $3,000 bottles of wine. That's right. Now, and just to just to mention, I, I like, I like the cheapest toilet paper, nice thin stuff. So, oh, we we got to we got to do a we got to do a call about toilet paper. We got to do toilet paper because because the because I mean I'm not about the perfume. Uh uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. So if if you want to have a really fun couple of hours, oh, um, a really fun couple of hours, go to the supermarket, go down the toilet paper aisle, and read all the ways they try. The different brands try to differentiate from each other. Wow. It is super funny. And so you will be rolling on the floor laughing. You will never have realized that toilet paper could be so humorous. To be continued. To I think be. I think toilet paper is going to have to happen one of these days. And if anybody else has some topics you want to throw at us, let us know. Reach out. We're easy to find. And, oh, Ken. I better let you know I'm not going to be in Napa tomorrow. Where are you going to be? Uh, you'll have to tune in to find out. <laughs> okay. I'll be I'll be here. But if anybody if anybody wants to talk to me, they can um, schedule a call at www.talktorandybaker.com, or if you prefer talking to Kent because his sense of humor is much more yeah. defined than mine, you could go you could go to http colon forward slash forward slash Talk to Kent.com. <laughs> I just thought we always say www. I'm like, why don't we say http colon forward slash forward slash, you know, talk to Kent. Yeah, we could do that. Find us. All right. Okay. Take care, everybody. I'm heading off to do a couple of wine tastings. So. You mean you're. You're gonna in polite company spit in the bucket. Oh, you're the only guy not spitting in the bucket. I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah, and everybody yells at me. So. so, so watch where the bucket goes. I'm really curious whether they put that in the back room, kind of disinfect it, and then pour five it into chip. bottles. Yeah. It could be. They call it five buck chuck. That's the thing. Yeah. So, that, right. so beware of anything called a red blend. <laughs> <laughs> red blend. <laughs> or pink blend for that. Pink blend for that yeah. yeah. Now we know where those eight came from. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's> terrible. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Talk soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Armchair Strategists. We'll circle back with you soon. 